welcome to Puff Puff Pass, the highly produced show where one couple talk about one movie while high. Only half of us are. <laughs> highly produced, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a producer. It's literally Sahara. Yeah, you're welcome, by the way. Thank you. Um, our RSS thing got renewed, by the way. Like, it just renewed on its own. I knew it, it had to be renewed soon. Well, RSS? It, it's that, it's our, like, thing that makes it so that big Spotify can have our podcast. Oh. And, like, yeah. So that got renewed. Because I was like, I saw $100 get taken out of my account, and I was like, what the fuck is this? It has been a year. Yeah. That's so funny. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... Baby out. update. We're still pregnant. Still here. <laughs> We're gonna try, and uh, I think we'll be able to, like, go up into November with how we're going. Scheduling-wise, I think we'll be able to go up into November, but we'll probably be After only, that. It's fair game. We'll probably be only doing one movie a month. We enter the darkness zone. Yeah. The darkness zone. Unknown territory. Enemy spotted. But we do plan on returning after a significant leave. After a significant leave? Are you saying those look like lips? They look like my lips. What are you eating, Christian? Oh, I'm actually food review time. This is no longer a <laughs> film review. This is podcast. This is a film review podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm eating some peach rings I got from a gas station. And how are they? They're good, dude. I've probably eaten so unhealthy this weekend. That's fine. Dude, like, did we have Carl's Jr. on Friday? Like, yesterday? No, was it we the had day before? pizza yesterday. Oh, yeah. So we had Carl's Jr. on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Granted, we did neither of us really ate all day, and we were starving. Mm-hmm. So uh, then we had pizza yesterday. Again, starving. We didn't eat all day. <laughs> we need to work on that. Starving? Uh, not starving? Or not just- starving. And then uh, today we had... I made this uh, breakfast-like pastry kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it, it has, like, a lot of eggs in it. So it's very... Yeah, that's bad. It, well, like, six eggs in one recipe, and we ate, like, more than half of it, so <laughs> you and me, I guess you and me each ate, like, two eggs, technically, but, like, still. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not that bad. Not too bad. Yeah. I guess it's not that bad, all things considered. Uh, but then, uh, after that, it was, uh, today, if you don't know, uh, was the return of college football, which I'm super in. me and my family are super into. Sahara isn't, because she's a hater. But it doesn't understand the craft of the game. Oh my fucking god. Uh, anyway. You'll never experience the highs and lows of college football. Oh my god. Anyway. Are you happy that uh, Riverdale's over? I never watched it, so... I watched the first season and I was like, hmm. Ooh. Sarah's like, hmm. I watched the first season. I tapped out after that. I tapped out. I said, good luck, everybody else. I remember the one thing that's so memorable about Riverdale is when the mom came in with like a really sexy outfit with like... Uh, with the Imagine Dragons like thunder playing while she's oh slow mo walking. Not Imagine Dragons. It was thunder, but the thunder, <laughs> lightning and the thunder. Christian fucking hates that song. I do because it's their worst fucking song. <laughs> and still- but they decided to make it a single. So what does that say about them? A paycheck is a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, you had to pay for rehab. Oops, and divorce now. Mm. But anyway, uh, which is so sad because like a lot of his early music was dedicated to his wife, and I'm like, damn, do you ever listen to your old music? And I'm just like, you know what? I think I wrote this the day she stole my food out of the fridge. <laughs> like in divorce hearings. Is that but, is that what you would is that what you would say? All the time. 
I'd be like, yeah, uh, actually, I want $60,000 in restitution oh my God. for stealing my Pop-Tarts. Oh, my God. He says the guy who steals my Pop-Tarts. I've literally, ne- ever since you got pregnant, I've yet to steal any of your food. You, you always steal my food. You say that? You steal my food. But I always go to the s'more. I like the s'mores Pop-Tarts. I like the s'mores. Yeah, you like the s'mores. And whenever I go in, it's a new box. Somehow it's always open before I get a chance to open it. I open it, it for you. You're such a liar, Christian. Also, there's four in there. Uh, out of the last box, how many did you eat? I don't know. Three, maybe? Four, because I didn't eat any. <laughs> because I know this, because I told myself, I'm like, oh, I have a Pop-Tart thing in my desk at work. I, why would I bring more if I have some there? And I didn't eat it all week. Christian's being a liar, you guys. Whatever. You're just being a hater. No one, because no one wants your bummy-ass s'mores Pop-Tarts. <laughs> they're so fucking good. They are good. They're so they're good. They're good, but they're hers, so I don't eat them. Thank you. I eat blueberries. Do you, do you toast them ever? No. You never actually toast them? I used to toast Pop-Tarts like back when they were like... Because my family would just get the brown sugar, cinnamon, and strawberry mm-hmm. box. And so that's, I was like, all right, whatever. I mean, I might as well toast them. Mm-hmm. And Wouldn't that melt the frosting? No, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, although my family used to get cookies and cream Pop-Tarts. Mm-hmm. Dude, they're like a dessert. They're honestly not even breakfast. They're so good. Oh my god. I never... Of they're not super tarts. sweet, but I've never thought of pop tarts as a breakfast. I always thought it was like, oh, here's a snack. Yeah, <laughs> just to hold me over. People make ice cream sandwiches with them. Like they'll get two strawberry pop tarts and just put vanilla, like a sm- a thin layer of vanilla ice cream, and just. Ow. So what movie are we doing today? <laughs> <laughs> so today we'll be covering the 2003 family adventure Sinbad: Legend of the Seven Seas. Sinbad. Christian, what edibles did you take? I don't know. He doesn't know the name of the edibles, but Christian they, I, I literally got them. They're the same edibles I took for last episode. Mm-hmm. I literally got them for free. Like, I went, it was my first time in this dispensary, and they're like, oh, uh, do you want some uh, free weed with your weed? I'm like, more weed per weed is good. <laughs> nah, it, since it's your first visit, they give you a free bag. And Yeah, Christian's trying to go to every day because he, he just got his card. Oh, yeah, dude, my card, <laughs> I ordered my card. It's the, we're recording this on the first uh, Saturday in September, like September 2nd mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so we're, we're recording this as of September 2nd. I applied for it the first time in early June. <laughs> uh, My card, not my card, my admission got denied, not because of any information, but because my photo was mm-hmm. off. I think I was wearing my glasses mm-hmm. or, or smiling and I didn't realize it. Because they say no glasses, no smiling. And I'm like, fine, fuck. Can't be happy these days. Mm-hmm. And so, but I, so, and that got denied. And I didn't know about it until like two weeks after I sent it in. And so, and it takes four to six weeks to like mm-hmm. get to you already. So mm-hmm. I didn't find out until like four to six weeks in when I checked. And I was like, oh, my application got denied. And so I had to send in a new one. And that was like last week of June. Mm-hmm. So yeah, about four weeks. And, uh, uh, it got approved on July on Independence Day on July fourth, mm-hmm. which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't get it until so first week of July. Didn't get it all through July. Didn't get it all through like most of August. I got it like mm-hmm. two weeks ago, I mean, last week actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was last week. Well, actually no, I got it two weeks ago, but I didn't use it until last week because that's when I went and bought the weed. Hence mm-hmm. the free weed. Yeah. Long story, just to say, I got free weed. In the shape of. Gummy bears. Yeah, they're like gummy bears. They look so cute. They're like sky blue. They look like sour gummy bears, if that makes sense. And they smell like gummy bears. I've smelled them. I didn't taste them, I swear. CPS don't come for me. <laughs> whoop, whoop, the sound of the police. <laughs> I was saying that earlier to some song. You were, I think I used to made like, so like, oh, this is a cop behind us when you're driving. And I was mm-hmm. like, 
Ooh, ooh. Okay. This film was directed by Tim Johnson and really? Patrick Gilmore. Tim Johnson, if you recognize that name, he also has been in projects such as Ants, Over the Hedge, and Home. Listen, here's what I think I don't understand about deadlines in film, right? Mm-hmm. I know that there's you want to hit certain markets, like the Christmas Eve market, the big summer blockbuster, like first week of August, mm-hmm. uh, March, the first week of March, and like New Year's and Thanksgiving. I mean, I don't mean to interrupt, but I feel like a lot of that conversation is probably for our next podcast episode. But like, I think you're probably right. You can yeah, go back and cut this if you want. It's all good, bro. But like, I, I, I think I was just gonna say, like, I know, I know, but I think the film, this film, is fine, and I just think nobody saw it because there were just other choices to go to. At okay. the time, when, when did Sinbad release? I just it was competing like because the next week weekend it was competing with was Pirates of the Caribbean. That's true. And I saw that film, and I didn't. I have never heard of this movie. I have never heard of this movie until I was a little bit older. Also, here's something else that I'm reading here, mm-hmm. like in the for Sinbad for the uh, 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 grants from Wikipedia that says the there was film received mixed reviews, right? Mm-hmm. He praised the animation, mm-hmm. action sequences, and voice performances, but criticized the storyline and polarizing GP, G, G, CGI. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say GCI. So storyline, I can understand criticism of that, mm-hmm. but I, unless it's like inexcusable mm-hmm. or it's like newish technology, mm-hmm. or actually no, no, not new, newish technology. I guess just really if it's like inexcusable or unnecessary, I feel like you can't really criticize the CGI in yeah. something especially when we were watching this film you said ew when you saw I said it. ew I said ew out of like a knee jerk like cause it's completely different than the rest of the animation yeah the, 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 the rest of the animation is that is like treasure treasure planet yeah you know it's mm-hmm. like and uh, Atlantis kind of mm-hmm. almost Atlantis yeah and so that's and then like you'll see like a monster that's like kind of that, well, not kind of it is CGI mm-hmm. like show up out of nowhere and you're like oh ugh. and so um but like looking at that and they Chris I mean remember when that first monster shows up you're kind of like whoa mm-hmm. but I think it's just because A it's really just like a shift in the animation style and it's noticeable it's like uh, breaking the uncanny valley of like what that thing should look like in this mm-hmm. world you know and so but I feel like you can't criticize a medium yeah. I feel like that's really uh, that's a cheap shot yeah like it'd be like oh it, it, it does, it's the same thing what everyone does like animation as a whole mm-hmm. and that's why I kind of agree with like Guillermo del Toro mm-hmm. because he's like oh you know animation isn't a genre mm-hmm. animation is a medium mm-hmm. because you know when you think of genres you mm-hmm. think of like romantic comedy yeah. you think of uh, 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 horror you think of action mm-hmm. or adventure yeah. but like there's romantic animated movies yeah. there's romantic horror movies or not horror, there's romantic there's animated horror movies romantic yeah, horror movies would you watch a romantic horror movie hell yeah like oh. like the first half is rom-com and then one of the girls just like snaps and like goes a little crazy and murders. I would eat that shit you would oh yeah I'm like it's last great last Christmas I gave you my heart <laughs> cause you killed me and took whoa. it whoa but like you know so like there's uh, animated adventure movies it's like I agree with him on that. I feel like you can't really criticize a medium. Yeah, it's it's, it's lazy. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you're going to criticize the animation as a whole for being bad, mm-hmm. sure, whatever. But you can't praise the animation, like mm-hmm. I said earlier in that quote, mm-hmm. and also criticize the CGI. Yeah, they're both animation. Yeah. So which is it? And you're just mm-hmm. criticizing like a medium. Yeah. Like it, it's a tool. I you know I honestly believe that like just nobody saw it because there was just so many choices at the time coming out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we were dealing with the rippling aftermath of 9-11. Anyway. <laughs> this, to, almost two years this after. This was also directed by Patrick Gilmore, but I couldn't find anything else. Of Gilmore Girls fame. Oh my god. They were his girls. <laughs> I couldn't find anything that I recognized like that he did. I looked it up and I, I, I'm looked, like, I looked I, at his. I didn't see anything that I was like, I don't know any of this. Patrick Gilmore? Mm-hmm. Oh shit! He doesn't even have. Wait, does is that does he? Mm-mm. Uh, does he have a Wikipedia? No. Known for oh, he was in the Lost World, Jurassic Park, and he was in uh, uh, Rocketeer. Mm-hmm. Oh well, he's only bit. He's only done and that was, and he Sinbad was his only directorial debut. Oh wow! Uh, he did a nineteen. Uh, he was a producer on the Rocketeer video game, not the Rocketeer movie. Mm. Oh, he just does video games. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, he just does video games. He might have been the CGI guy. Mm. Like, who's, like, head of that. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm gonna look that up while you keep talking. Anyway, so this film stars Brad Pitt, who is also in movies such as Babylon, Bullet Train, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know, I kind of wanted to see Bullet Train, but it was just like, I'm going to see one movie this summer. Okay. I'm seeing... What did we go see? What did we, did we go see? Oh, um, Bar- it was Barbie and Oppenheimer. We did the double feature. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to see one movie this summer, and I'm seeing two. <laughs> um, we also have starring Catherine Zeta-Jones, who's in Chicago, Wednesday and Rock of Ages. Oh. We also have Michelle Pfeiffer, who's in Ant-Man. Another Catwoman has returned, so I feel like it's all connected. Mm-hmm. And Batman returns, and she's also stars in Grease too. Yeah. But she didn't know there was a Grease too. Grease? Grease too, yes. Like the musical Grease. Yes. I did not know that. What did what's it about? Basically it's just a new form of like pink ladies and like there's this guy who's like kind of nerdy but oh, then he's like Okay. So he pretends to be like badass to get her attention. So sometimes when you say grease, I think hairspray. They're both hair products, okay? What do you think the grease is in grease? From the cars. It's ha- it's it's hair grease because they're because, I they lick their- because the guys are like gre- lip grease. Ew. Also known as spit, but it's also like you know, back then, those guys were like an evolution of like greasers. From- Can I say something really gross real quick? Of course. There's this one scene in Hairspray where like Zac Efron licks his hand and then like smooths his hair. And I watched it with my So mother. I was like, God, I want to be his hand. I-, <laughs> <laughs> I watched it with my mother and she went, ew. And I was like, but I, but I, but I like that. Well, yeah, so. yeah I thought. <laughs> it was just the way he did it. It's so, if you know, you know, he's like, Oh yeah, he did it so slow. Yeah, I, was I think like, it was just like a fast like, thing. Fat ass tongue. I said, "Dang, you seen Gabriella with that mouth?" <laughs> <laughs> we also have Joseph Phineas, who's in Shakespeare. I'm way too loud for love. your mic. I'm sorry about that. No, it's okay. I just realized I was yelling, and the mic's like a foot. Well, in front of I me. feel like you. I put it closer, be like this, because I feel like whenever you're over there, you talk too soft, and I feel like this is the best yeah. way to hear you. Yeah. Can I say something mean real quick? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I like know mean Sah- to me? I know Sahara says I get I get mean when I'm high, but like... <laughs> <laughs> I was on Spotify, and I, I go through playlists. Like, or I'll see, like, joke playlists people make on, yeah. like, 
uh, TikTok or Twitter uh-huh. or whatever. And there was one. It was like, uh, oh my god, it was like POV. You like suffered with problems in high school or something like that. Okay, mm-hmm. something dumb like that. And I click like the random button and play, <laughs> and it's uh, "Feel Good Ink" by the Gorilla or not the Gorilla, it's just Gorillas or whatever. And I don't know why, but I was like, oh, "Damn, did gotta come for Sahara's throat like that?" <laughs> okay. I immediately with the thought of you because you play that song all the time. I love that song. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I love good. Dude, my friend put me on the gorillas because she was like, do you get it? They're called gorillas because they're in a band and a group of gorillas is called a band. And I was like, yeah. Oh, is that really why? Yeah. Oh, and I, I've never heard that. She thought it was cute. And I thought it was cute because I thought she was cute. So there's that. A group of gorillas? You mean a group of gorillas? <laughs> what else would you call a group of gorillas? Oh my God. So we have Joseph Phineas. He's in Shakespeare in Love, Elizabeth, and A Handmaid's Tale. So the grossing for it this is film is her. I was like, I thought that name looked familiar. Who? The from the lady from the Handmaid's Tale. The lady from the Handmaid's Tale. Or not? Wait, Tale. what did you say? I said Joseph Phineas is in a Handmaid's Tale. Joseph. Yeah, he plays one of the commanders. Who's the girl you said? Michelle Pfeiffer. Before that. Catherine Zeta Jones. Before that. Brad Pitt. It was Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was all a joke leading to hopefully like Christian. Brad Pitt. So. Grossing this film grossed about eighty point eight million on a sixty million dollar budget. Like it didn't bomb. Like and that's probably Well, the DreamWorks says it was a box office bomb and it caused them to lose about hundred and twenty five million. Um, which nearly bankrupt so, so this okay. film alone so, nearly bankrupt them. So which I don't really understand. No. Why so, do you need to say I don't that? Know, I look at the budget, read the budget to me again. Okay, so the budget was sixty million. Okay. And they made eighty million. Worldwide, yes. So the budget's sixty million, right? Yeah. That's so starting from zero, going up to six sixty million. Okay. Mm-hmm. You made eighty million. Yeah. Okay. So you have twenty million in profit. Mm-hmm. How do you lose a hundred and twenty million? Was it a hundred and twenty million or a sixty million? I don't know. Like what? What am I missing here? Because that's, that's what I'm saying. I don't understand how this was considered a box office bomb if they made over their budget back. And it's like because it's like okay, did they like? Was this a, why would your budget be listed as 60, 60 million if it's a hundred if you if the, if it's a hundred twenty million like is mm-hmm. that like is budget not including like the marketing you do for the film? Yeah, I guess. I count. I would count the budget not mm-hmm. specifically for the film's production, yeah. but also for like the marketing mm-hmm. or whatever. So which is a sixty? Or, did you make twenty million or did you lose one hundred twenty million? You know, mm-hmm. like where's where's that come, extra coming from? I think they just took a hit and they were expecting a bigger profit, and then the next movie they made all probably also took a hit, and then the next movie because it does say like. Is it like a quote on the hundred twenty million part? Yeah, like it's a hundred and twenty because. As a box office bomb caused DreamWorks to suffer a $125 million loss on a string of films, which nearly bankrupted them. That's so true. I'm assuming that, like, that Sinbad was a start of a declining of movies that they did. By the way, huh. can I... Because I, I think this was, like, their third film that the studio did. Oh, yeah, it was their third feature film after yeah. Ants, uh... That horse movie? Spirit? Spirit. Well, no, but like in order. Mm. I, I thought this was in their third or fourth. So I know Ants was like one of their first ones. No, they did Spirit before this. What was the film that like, they were working on? But and if the writers were like underperforming, they got sent to work on Trek. Like what? Oh, uh, fucking 
that fucking Bible movie. Oh, uh, yeah, Pr- uh, Prince of Egypt. Yeah, Prince of Egypt. Yeah, so the, so the films were, I think, Ant, Prince of Egypt, Shrek, and then this, maybe? I think? No. It's definitely the spirit. It was definitely Ant's spirit, and then this movie. I thought... Shrek, no, Shrek came out in 2003. Well, actually, it was not even 2003. I think that was, like, Shrek 2 or something. I don't fucking know, bro. You're not a Shrekologist. <laughs> anyway, uh... So, do you know anything about Sinbad? I kind of. I like mean, the legends of I, Sinbad. I knew. I, I know that he's a sailor, by mm-hmm. bare, bare, bare knowledge, and I know he would probably went on adventures. So. Well, I I knew nothing about him at all, and I just want to say that like, say, what do you think of the whitewashing of Sinbad in this film? I saw that something in mm-hmm. my research for this film that yeah. the original Sinbad yeah. I don't know, was probably was ba- probably based on a guy mm-hmm. from uh baghdad yeah yeah and he, i guess he has a story in arabian nights or a thousand yeah. and one nights yeah, yeah that's part of it yeah. yeah so what do you think about because they went with a more like mythological like greek and roman version of this that's so a- what do you so what do you think of the whitewashing of sinbad so i thought that was a little interesting too mm-hmm. and it probably had to do with uh, I, I mentioned 9-11 earlier mm-hmm. be, uh, that wasn't just a joke mm-hmm. because this movie came out in 2003 mm-hmm. and they probably didn't want to portray uh, uh, people of Middle Eastern descent mm-hmm. as being good. The, the good guys because that would probably get them like censored by 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 um, studio execs mm-hmm. favorable to the war in Iraq that's awful because actually, and the war in Iraq happened in 2003. I mm-hmm. think it was later in the year, but like that was the point they were at, you know? That's crazy, man. Yeah, and so that, but also, uh, I noticed that like right from the bat, too. I was mm-hmm. like, because they uh, they use creatures and mm-hmm. that are kind of like, mm-hmm. uh, like, I don't know, like the Kraken was like, Western European, mm-hmm. or like, because uh, it was made like. Did you talk about that squid thing in the beginning? Yeah, I thought he looked more like Cthulhu. Honestly, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It wasn't Kraken. It was Cthulhu. That was the other monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that was more like. Uh, oh, I said Western. I didn't mean that. What was uh, <laughs> I meant? La, uh, who's the guy? Who was the author? Uh, who's the author who came with like call Lovecraft. 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 So you know he's American, mm-hmm. and then you had. Uh, I thought he's British. Lovecraft lived in, like, the same, like, 30-mile area surrounding his, like, New England home. That's crazy. Like, I put him and Mark Twain kind of in there. <laughs> you, know, you know what kind of racist Lovecraft was? I know. Oh, I know. No, I mean, like, but, like, for the audience, babe. They know. <laughs> they know, yeah. Go look up to see how... What he named his cat? I was just saying, like, if you don't say his cat... Uh, <laughs> That's why I side-eye anybody who's like, oh yeah, I love Lovecraft. But, but like, love, my thing with Lovecraft is like, he never interacted with any of the people he would have hated. Really? Where he lived, like, you know. Racism goes it, it, Where he lived, well, it's not even that. It's not just that, because like, you know, there, I'm sure there were black people. I'm there, sure he probably bl- thought it was fucking funny. Well, I, I'm assuming that's what that was. Well, my thing is like, because in everyday life, you would probably see like mm-hmm. black people even that far up north at yeah. the time. But like... Lovecraft was like elite, like mm-hmm. he he was part of the social elite, you know. Which he, is he, he grew up rich, so he, he never saw. It was funny. So he, he probably never thought saw it was people. funny. And that's why I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get how you can be like that racist and not mm-hmm. even have an experience with people, you know. I mean, I feel like when you don't get exposed to like other people, you end up telling their story to fit your narrative. Yeah, hence this film. <laughs> 
so they what, tried what, to make this film I'm back so, what I'm sorry what was the what was the uh, goddess's name the bad one oh Eris Eris mm-hmm. Eris is, is Greek right like in mythology there is an Eris I don't know if there's an Eris but I know there's an Iris and she's Greek but she, I like I can't think of like a goddess of chaos mm-hmm. you know and there was the Egyptian goddess like Isis I think yeah uh, not I- yeah, I I, just I can't think of, because I think there is a goddess of chaos, but I don't I don't know her name. Mm-hmm. It could be I or Eris. <laughs> I gotta look up Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas, because Sinbad is a person already. So when I looked it up, I just get his Wikipedia page. Oh, the comedian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Okay, sorry. Apparently, and- this film gets confused with Shazam too. That's what I said. What? I don't know. Like Shazam! Like, like no, 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 no! There was like a different like, like movie called Shazam. Like, look up Sinbad Shazam. Oh, oh! By the way, Eris looked her up. Uh, Wikipedia page just goes to her from the movie. Sinbad. Okay, that I don't know who she's based off of then. Eris is the is the is the Greek goddess of strife and discord. Her Roman equivalent is Discordia. Hmm. So she's Greek, okay. and it further just flies into the thing because like they talk about um. The cities that they have, like this, like the seven or eleven cities, whatever it was. I guess. I'm oh, sorry, I, I was thinking of the gas station. The seven of, or the seven of the. The 11. seven of the eleven cities. You'll face your crimes in the seven of eleven. <laughs> uh, no, but by, but basically, and what city were they in? Rhodes. Like where, Pro, Pro, Proteus is at? Yeah. His father. Oh, Syracuse. Syracuse. Syracuse is Greek. Yeah, it's a great yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. place. Yeah, I knew and that I think, as soon as they said and I th- uh, I th- Proteus, I was like, "That's very." They mentioned another city. I think yeah. they said like Carthage or something, yeah. which is like North Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so like they keep it in the Mediterranean. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, okay. Interesting. I don't know. I just thought, I also think it's really interesting that like the ban of misfit pirates that Sinbad goes with are people of color. Mm. Yeah. No, I get that, and they're also like kind of cool with each other. I loved that. Like, they were, like, really, like... Like, there was never, like... I was kind of scared that there would be, like, a mutiny-type deal. Me too. Like, I really got that vibe. But they were with him the whole time. Oh, yeah. They trust Sinbad wholeheartedly. The only time they were against him is when they thought he was being too mean to somebody. Or Marina. Well, I mean... They loved Marina. Oh, yeah. Like, like, new mom! (laughs) It was was very, like, Peter Pan and Wendy, like... Mother... I actually hate that whole aspect of Peter Pan. I always thought that was really weird. Like, she's the only girl, so she has to be the mom. Why can't she play too? <laughs> it's because her mom died. Her mom didn't die. The little girl? I'm talking about in Peter Pan. In Peter Pan? The mom didn't die. I swear to God, they didn't have, like, uh, they didn't have a mom, and that's why they put Wendy in that role. Wendy had to be the mother figure. In Neverland? Yeah, like, like, like. That's why they put her as a mother figure, because she's just a girl. No, they did Okay, whatever. I thought... I swear to God, I knew they had a dad. Like, Are you talking about the darling children or the lost boys? You said in Peter Pan. Yes. Like, so when like, she goes the, to like Neverland... Like the, the movie. The, yeah, the, when she goes to the Neverland... The animated one. Yeah, when she goes to Neverland, they're like, okay, well, you're our mother now. From, like, now. the 60s. They're like, you're our mother now. And they only say that because she's a girl, and that's her stereotype to take care of them. And that's what I'm saying. But, that but, is not what you said. Well, I'm you were there. like, their mother died. And I'm like, what the fuck? No, are you uh, no talking I'm saying about? that their mother died. And so they, she became the mother figure of the film. 
Like, the kids already, before they even went, treated her like, oh, okay, Wendy. Like, Wendy's over. Okay, we're moving on. You don't know what I'm talking about. I'm too high for this shit. <laughs> Whoa. Mm. I turned my head, and it was like, ooh. ooh. So, they tried to make this film back in the early 90s, but Disney announced that they were adapting it, so they dropped it. Yeah, studios, studios will do that. Well, then again, back in 1994, the DreamWorks founder picked up the ideas that Disney canceled, such as Sinbad and The Road to El Dorado. Which is which is good. Mm-hmm. Look, I understand. So I understand why this era of animation went out. Mm-hmm. Two factors. One, there's two factors in one of my like thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in hindsight, there's mm-hmm. the fact that new technology, CGI, mm-hmm. gets cheaper after a while. Yeah. To the point where it's like it's cheaper to just like do that mm-hmm. than to do the hand drawn. Mm. To leading into that, uh, the writers' strike, mm-hmm. uh, was, which was a few years after this, mm-hmm. further kind of put. Because I, I can't think of any movie after like two thousand seven that mm-hmm. had this kind of animation yeah. type, like big movie that had this animation mm-hmm. style. You know, yeah. So writers' strike also kind of hurt her on that, and also doubled with the oh, we need less people to use this, getting better CGI. You know, mm-hmm. and so. But I feel like my theory on that too is that like the writer strike also intent and was a was a cause of this mm-hmm. effect. With uh, I couldn't think, couldn't think of the word. Is that like oh they're like well our production kind of got shut down for a while, mm-hmm. so we'd probably be better to just like start over the project, but in P- but in CGI, so so we make up the, t- the time, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, so because I would hate for another strike to happen, we get on an even tighter deadline. Yeah, that's just one, one of my theory, though. At the yeah, end. that's a pretty good theory. Sarah, <laughs> Russell Crowe was originally supposed to voice Sinbad, but dropped out last minute. Slay. Yeah, Brad Pitt took the role because he wanted his nieces and nephews to be able to watch one of his movies. Slay. Which I think is really cute. I, yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny funny when actors like take roles for like personal reasons, yeah. but not, not for like oh money. Yeah, that's what hap- that's why it I'm not saying I'm not saying you're you don't have to do the money. That, yeah. um, that's fine. I just mean like but like when specifically for a reason is what gets you interested. And that reminds me of when um Robert Downey Jr. did that Dr. Doolittle so his daughter could watch a movie that he did. Because I guess she wasn't allowed to watch Avengers. Probably. But I thought that was really cute. I was like, that's really nice. He's like, I don't really care if it's a box office bomb. It's something my daughter can enjoy and see me in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck yeah. Alright, that's the rest of the questions are for the end. Are you ready to get into it? The rest it? of the questions, you say? Yeah. You ready to get into it? Of course. Alright. Legends of the Seven Seas. No, that's like the music that like kicks in at the beginning. Oh my god. It's literally the Dune music, bro. So we start off with seeing a starry night sky, which gets us straight into our title card. We then meet Eris, voiced by Michelle Pfeiffer, as she watches over like the planet Earth, and yeah. she like talks to like her demons. We, we were talking about Michelle Pfeiffer earlier today. We were. Or goons. Or goons. And she's like, you know, it's time to fuck shit up in the mortal world. She's like, I'm bored. No, and for I, real. And I'm like, girl, order something off of Amazon. <laughs> she explains to us that if she were to pull one tiny thread, then one human life would turn into chaos, which immediately excites her as she introduces us to a noble prince. A noble prince. The globe of Earth she was looking into then zooms in, and we see a boat holding said prince being chased by another boat that holds a black-hearted thief. Eris watches 
this and commentates that whatever is about to go down is going to be fun. So what do you think of Eris? She's messy. Dude, for real. She just like me for real, bro. Oh my god, dude. I'm like, why, why, why do you care? I'm like, you're the goddess of this, but you don't have to like do that. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, you know what I mean? She's just like, totally dumb. I just, because here's the thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, because like Zeus, okay, mm-hmm. he's technically the god of the earth, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like Poseidon got the sea and mm-hmm. uh, Hades got the underworld. Yeah. So he's god of the earth, you know. Do you know how they chose those things? They drew straws. I thought that was so fucking dumb. I was like, I'd be like, it's a good thing I can swim. I have like jokes on you. I wanted the underworld, okay. You get to deal with dead people. I did. I can't remember if Zeus cheated or not. I can't remember. And they don't address that in the show, or not, not, in, the, not in the and not in the movie. Yeah, but, we're just we're just talking about mythology. But uh, I don't think it's implied that he cheated. I don't think was it his idea to draw straws I think anyway. So. History is written by the winners. Mm. So she calls to one of her Cthulhu-looking demon things, which she calls Cetus, and tells it that it knows what to do and let the games begin. As Cletus, a monster, get at him. <laughs> This would be so much fun to hear if that thing's called Cletus. Cletus? So anyway, her Smack monst- him. Oh my god. So anyway, her she sends her monster down to Earth. Cletus. He has a name. So we see the black-hearted thief, and it is Sinbad, voiced by Brad Pitt, as he tells his crew that they have prepared to take the world's most valuable object. Cthulhu? No. Cthletus. <laughs> So the most valuable object. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, so they need the most valuable object. Mm-hmm. And after they uh, get this valuable object, Sinbad says, he tells them that they'll all retire to Fiji. Because it must be nice there. Mm-hmm. So, ne- uh, we start to see Sinbad's misfit crew. Those S's messes with, were messing with me there. Okay. Start to see Sinbad's misfit crew. Okay, such as a guy with swords for hands. Mm-hmm. Where, where did they come from? Uh, as they're basically ready to board the that prince's ship, or mm. pirate his ship. Yeah. Pirate his loot off. His booty. <laughs> uh, they are able to get on uh, the prince's bo- uh, boat. Uh, they, like, attach harpoons to the boat, and mm-hmm. uh, the crew is able to, like, get on and start fighting off the royal knights and guards or whatever, and even Sinbad's dog, dog, Spike, gets in on the fighting, and they even use like these like little like explosives. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're kind of like big smoke bombs, sort yeah. of. Yeah. Stink bombs. Stinker. We then see Sinbad use this really cool move, and he asks his crew member Kale if he thought it was cool, and he tells him that he thought Sinbad overworked it. As uh, Kale gets attacked suddenly with a sword but is able to bite into it and swing his attacker into the ocean and Sinbad's like oh but I was the one overworking it we then see the prince fighting Sinbad's crew members and winning as we see that Sinbad knows the guy yeah. he tells the prince that he fights like an old lady and the prince is surprised to see Sinbad too his crew is able to pin down the prince as he asks Sinbad where he has where he's been. Mm-hmm. Sinbad's like, "Oh, I'd love to catch up, but I got places to go, stuff to steal." As he breaks into the captain's quarters, the crew members allow the prince to go up to Sinbad, and he tells Sinbad that they need to talk. And as Sinbad's mind is more occupied with what is being held inside the quarters, and it is the Book of Peace, 
And it is the book an, of peace. It is an actual book, and it's flipped open, and it glows, and it shows like stars and planets and stuff. Imagine if that's it. It's just a projector. Yeah, I wonder. We never see what the book of peace does. So but we don't God know. forbid it exists. Yeah, but like we don't know what it does. We don't know why it's important. We just know that it's a catalyst for this adventure. Uh huh. So the prince tells him it's his job to bring it to safety, and Sinbad's like, "Well, it's my job to steal it." We then learn through dialogue that Sinbad has been gone for ten years, and now that he's back, the prince is surprised that all he wants to do is rob him. We learn that the prince's name is Proteus, played by Joseph Phineas. And we guess that he and Sibad were like, well, my guess is, because I haven't seen the movie before, I was like, were they like, nice? Are you lovers? No, for real. They seem so scorned. But no, they argue over like brotherhood and like honor codes and like shit like that. But they were just lifelong friends mm-hmm. or childhood best friends. Sinbad tells Proteus that all that is in the past now and because they were just kids. But Proteus argues that they were really good friends. Proteus tells Sinbad that he will not steal from him and asks what he would even do with the Book of Peace anyway. We then learn that the book protects everyone in the 12 cities and Sinbad explains Sin- his- <laughs> Sinbad. <laughs> as, op- as opposed to his brother Sin the, bo- the Good. Sin the Book. Sin the Book. I was going to say Sin the Bud. <laughs> Sinbad Sin- explains to his old friend that someone will pay an awfully lot, a lot of money to get it back in the right hands. Proteus tries to convince Sinbad to do the right thing and not steal the book, but of course he does it anyway, and the two start sword fighting. You know, if I was Proteus, I'd have been like, okay, well, can I just sell it to you then? I just want to know, if this thing is so, so important, yeah. why is it sailing on, just on, on a boat uh-huh. with no other boats around to help it? It's yeah. just, like, out there. Yeah. Must what? not be that important. I know. It's a, <laughs> I'm like, how important can it possibly be? But before they can get into any real damage into each other, a big tentacle smashes into the room, catching both men by surprise. Both men run to the deck and see that the Cthulhu thing that the Cthulhu <laughs> that Eris sent is a lot bigger and is attacking the boats and Sinbad's men as well as destroying it. As well as Sinbad's men. Mm-hmm. We see even Spike tries to attack the creature only to get flung back into Sinbad's boat. He is fine. The dog is fine. Sinbad then tells Proteus bye, and Proteus is like, oh, you're just going to leave with this? Bye. And Sinbad's like, yeah, bye. But before Sinbad can fling himself back into his ship, the creature just rises rises it up out of the water, and Sinbad is deeply offended as we watch his old friend Proteus take action to try and stop the said creature from further destroying his own ship. Proteus further. stabs the creature a few times, which pisses, which pisses it off, and eats one of his men. Hey, I'm pissed off. As well as eats one of his men, as well as throws Proteus to the floor. Sinbad tells him to look out as he sends a cannon the creature's way. The creature swallows it, and Sinbad thinks this will blow it up, but the only thing that it really does is cause its stomach to get upset as it throws it back up. <laughs> Bro throws back up the man it just swallowed, as well as bile all over Sinbad and Proteus. Not the bile. Proteus thinking it's a good time to abandon ship, but Sinbad stops him and calls out to the creature to get its attention. The creature then shoots out its tongue, and Sinbad is able to impale it with his sword, causing the creature to stay stuck. And then Sinbad then tells Proteus that it's time to go, and we see Sinbad and Proteus work together and grab a rope and climb up the mast, like, similar to like, how like Mulan climbed mm-hmm. up the pole, like they're on hold, opposite sides holding mm-hmm. each other up. Uh, like that to get up above the creature and then Proteus Proteus asks him what the plan is now Sinbad then tells him that the main objective is to not get killed so Sinbad uses uh, that knife that he had 
to uh, cut a platform for them, mm-hmm. uh, sort of like on the mast that's like tilted, sort of. And then as they're both on, Sinbad tosses him a knife, tosses a knife to Proteus, that is, and then walks on this tightrope thing. Uh, but the creature like begins to see him do this and is able to like jump out of the way. Uh, as he, as he uh, oh my god, I'm really confused. He tried to drop it on the creature, mm-hmm. like he cut it, tried to drop it on the creature. The creature saw it and got out of the way before it fell. Mm-hmm. And then, so, uh, now, with Proteus on one side and Sinbad on the other side, they both cut down their ropes, you know? Mm-hmm. And with their ropes supporting the rest of the mass that mm-hmm. they're on, uh, those totes, those those uh, ropes get cut, the ma- moats, well, you know, the, <laughs> the mass, sorry, mm-hmm. the mass. Mm-hmm. The masses need to gather... And use our communal strength to improve society. No, uh, you know the the masts fall after the ropes get cut onto mm-hmm. the creature and killing it. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Woo, woo, yeah, yeah!" And Proteus thanks Sinbad for sticking around. And Sinbad jokes just like old times as the creature's tentacles tries to take Proteus, but Sinbad jumps in front of it, causing it to take Sinbad into the ocean. Literally. Proteus tries to go after him, but his men stop him because, you know, he's the crown prince. Can't die. Yeah. And Sinbad is, like, basically, he's because he's being pulled up, Mm -hmm. he's unable, or pulled down, he's unable to swim up. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, beginning to drown at this point, but then he sees someone, like, he opens his eyes Mm -hmm. and sees something swimming towards him, Mm -hmm. and it turns out to be Eris, Mm -hmm. and she surrounds him with, like, an air bubble Mm -hmm. so he can breathe. And so, as she does this, she explains to her that or explains to him that uh, he, sh- he showed so much promise until you know you killed my sea monster and now now you're ruining my plans to do things and all that just to have the book of peace all because of all because of you way to go mm-hmm. she's like really like way to go congratulations <laughs> it's Sinbad's like who are you and she's like oh me me personally Eris goddess of discord goddess of discord she 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 controls all the channels and all the text chats good for her and all the bots sending friend requests is it like tumblr no Oh. It's like, uh, oh. We're talking about the app Discord, if you didn't like yeah. after that. <laughs> yeah, and Eris is like, you know, I'll let you live on one teeny tiny condition. Teeny tiny. You must bring me the Book of Peace. And Sinbad's like, uh, I, uh, I wanted to hold it for ransom and make money, you know, make money moves. And Eris is like, uh, you need to start thinking big. You know, you start thinking big, she explains that oh sure if you steal the book for yourself you'll be rich and you can lounge on the beach but if you steal it for me you'll be like so rich you can buy the beach Ooh. Ooh. Sinbad tells her that sounds like a great idea to keep him but only if you keep your word mm-hmm. and she then tells him that when a goddess makes a promise she's bound for all eternity and so she like crosses her heart literally and, uh, and Sinbad agrees to get the book, and she, expl- ex- she explains that once he's stolen it, he must follow a star on the horizon, and she puts like a new star up there, mm-hmm. that will guide uh, you to my realm, Tartarus. Ooh. Sinbad is like, okay, cool, I'll Coral. see you there. And Eris is like, it's a date, and then pushes him back into the ocean. 
As we watch Sinbad swim to the surface, Eris watches and expresses how cute and gullible he is and tells her sea creature Cetus that he had done well. So it didn't actually die. So now we know that Eris is a liar. Yeah. We then cut to Sinbad getting saved by his crew as his crewmate asks what happened. Sinbad then explains things about Eris, but nobody believes him. They then ask about the book, and Sinbad tells them to be patient because it's going to be nowhere. Because it's going nowhere as he watches his old pal sail to Syracuse. So, I just want to point out, mm-hmm. if I was the goddess of Discord, mm-hmm. I would be this, like, menacing all the time, you know? You wouldn't be this menacing? No. I'd be doing, like, minor league shit, dude. Because I think it'd be funny and juvenile. No. Like, I'd do, like... I would... Like, I would, every day, or every night, I would take this guy's, like, shoes... Mm-hmm. And I put them like, like on the other, like just down the wall. Mm-hmm. Okay. Every day, every day. Doesn't matter where his shoes are. I move them ever so slightly. Okay. Okay. And then like to the point where he starts. Is to, it the same guy? No. And then like to the point where it's like he's beginning to like notice. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll stop doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like I'll move his like, I'll like reverse his like shirt rack or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like the next day, I'll just reverse it, and then he'll like wake up and reach for a shirt and be like, "Wait, what? Why are these over here?" And then he'll like to the point where he's like notice it. He'll like fix it. I'll mm-hmm. do it again. But when I start doing that, I stop doing the shoe thing. Okay, so I just go keep switching between like different stuff. I'm glad you think that's the, funny. I, I think the long term commitment to the bit is what really sells it. <laughs> like, not that I get enjoyment out of this, but I want to know how many rounds of this is going to take that he knows that someone's like fucking with him. Yeah, <laughs> and that he just gets like paranoid. He's like, "Who's in my house?" You know, that that would be the point, the payoff. Oh my god! We then cut to Proteus land in Syracuse, with the townspeople waiting and cheering for them as they put the book of peace in a guarded tower. We then meet Dimus, who's like the king. The king? For tell, real? Tell the people that finally the book has protected them for thousands of years, and now it's theirs for safekeeping, and they all toast to it. We then cut to a party that gets interrupted when Sinbad makes his arrival. It's immediately surrounded by guards. Sinbad makes a comment to his crewmate that this is why they They'll never take me alive. No. Not good old Sinbad-y me. He says this is why they never use the front door. Why would he sound like a 1930s man? What I said? Yeah. Oopsie. <laughs> Dimas asks Proteus what Sinbad is doing at this party, and Proteus tells his father, to look on the bright side, because at least Sinbad isn't out stealing. His dad says that's because Whoa. anybody worth robbing is here at this party. And I will say that did make me chuckle. You got your ass, bro. Oh my god. Proteus tells his guards to stand down and tells Sinbad that seeing him twice in one day after not seeing him in twin, 10 years is Sinbad smothering him. Sinbad tells him that he only came because he wanted Proteus to thank him for saving his life again. And Proteus is like, or you just came for the free food and drinks. As Sinbad is being escorted by Proteus, Sinbad signals to his crew to get to work. You know, I did not, you know, I don't know if it was just like, Avert, subverting my expectations of this film, but I really did think that they were gonna get the like try to get the book like for realsies. Yeah, yeah. Sinbad's crew is then asked to remove all weapons, which they oblige. 
And this one guy just keeps pulling out stuff to add to the pile, which kind of reminds me of, like, Pirates of the Caribbean. Do you remember when Elizabeth had to go to, like, that pirate thing and she had to remove all her weapons and she just kept pulling them out? Sly. <laughs> so I was like, she popped off right there. No, for real. So while Proteus and Sinbad are walking, Proteus introduces Sinbad to his fiancée, Lady Marina, voiced by Catherine Zeta-Jones. Sinbad is quickly, quickly entranced by her as she tells him about all the stuff that Proteus has told her about him and asks if that makes him a thief or a hero. Yes. Proteus wants to sincerely thank him for saving his life, but only finds that Sinbad has disappeared. We then cut to Spike going ham on the free food and wine as Sinbad rounds up his men and tells them that they are leaving. The crewmen try to figure out what has gotten into Sinbad since they are so close to getting the book, but when they see Proteus and Marina together, they start to piece the puzzle together. You just skipped the best part. What was the best part? As they, uh, like, all right, guys, we're, forget it, we're going. That's literally the next scene. No, they cut back to that guy That's who's taking That's literally the next scene. What? Okay, so after that, one of the crew oh, members... Oh, I'm sorry, there is an, there is yeah. a, there is an interme- intermediate thing there. Yeah. So one of the crew members asks if Marina is an old girlfriend, but we learned that their relationship is a bit more complicated. It's complicated. As the men all start to leave, they tell the homie that that's still trying to put all his weapons away that he has to pack it up. And he didn't even get to enjoy the party. So I just want to point out mm-hmm. here real quick, though. Proteus? Mm-hmm. You'll find out. You'll find this out later. Mm-hmm. But Proteus and Marina are engaged, ki- kind of. I, I know. I know. I know. But she's also like the ambassador from like a different kingdom. Mm-hmm. Now, call me old-fashioned here, mm-hmm. but if a kingdom sends someone mm-hmm. to your kingdom to marry someone from your kingdom, mm-hmm. like in your the royal household. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're an ambassador, homie. I think you, like, sent them, like, their wife, bro. Like, mm-hmm. like oh, like, oh, this is planned from the start. Straight up. Mm. No way. The coincidence is just too unlikely. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> we then see that Ares has been watching this all play out the whole time. And according to her, it's all going according to plan. Yes. We then cut to Marina and Proteus walking out to a balcony as they talk about Dimas and how he's finally happy to be protecting the Book of Peace. Yeah. Marina, looking out of the horizon, comments on how beautiful it all is, and Proteus thinks she is talking about the tower that holds the book, as he explains about his father spent a lifetime building it, and that there are around-the-clock guards at every level. Proteus stops himself as he realizes that she was talking about the ocean, and Marina confesses that she wishes she would have spent more time at sea, and she used to dream about sailing past the Twelve Cities. Like, wow, the girl named Marina dreams of going out into the big open sea. Oh, (laughs) glad you caught that. We learn that through their conversation that Proteus and Marina's marriage, uh, or engagement, is arranged, and he tells her that politics is not a good reason to get married. He doesn't want her to do this just because it's expected of her and that he proposes to her, but he really means it this time. But before she can give him an answer, his father, King Dimas, interrupts telling him that they must rejoin the party. You must. 